Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. All right. Good morning. How's everybody doing? We're going to do it a little different today. Are you guys good with that? Uh, Chrissy and I are going to continue uh, this series called Let Me Love You. It's a relationship series. And what we've seen is a lot of people getting and finding a lot of value in this series as we've been talking about relationships and really what love looks like biblically. Um, I think this idea of let me love you is really the heart of God. Yeah. That I think we have a hard time with love. We don't understand love well. And yet there's a God uh, in the universe, a God of the universe, the creator of the universe, the God of the Bible um, that loves us and is just saying, just let me love you and I'll teach you how to love properly in this world. And we have a lot of tainted uh, views on love. And so Christy and I are going to tag team today as we share. This is the second part of building healthy families. Um, last week was week one. If you missed it, uh, you can go back or part one. You can go back and watch it, uh, but we're going to share part two together. So we're going to have some fun, mm. I think, and uh, we're, we're both in green, so we color-coordinated for you guys. And, uh, and we're in the green chairs. In the green chairs, yeah, so a lot of good things happening. But uh, let me just share a couple quick things that are coming up with you. I um, want to keep you in the know of everything Project Church. And so first off, we have GLOW coming up. Christy, talk to us about GLOW. I know Listen, it's an amazing Pastor, girls event. Pastor Caleb was saying earlier, you know, that we have no junior Holy Spirit, right? I don't know if you actually said that. But I didn't, but it's great. He said something along the lines of, our kids are growing, and there are a lot of um, girls who need to understand that their identity is rooted in the Lord. And so for seven through 14-year-olds, they get to experience um, the Holy Spirit here. Everything's gonna be catered and and the atmosphere will be created so that they can experience and encounter a loving God. And how many people know that this is the time where they need to be sure of who they are in Christ. They need to know what their identity yeah. is. Um, so come 4.30 to 7, it's gonna be a great time. Moms, I'm gonna hang out upstairs and just, you know, while they're hanging out here, um, just so if you're trying to figure out what you're gonna do in between. Um, but it's gonna be a good, good time. Yeah, great. Um, next week is Mother's Day, which happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the room, if you yes. didn't know. Um, make sure you bring your mom or show up next week, honor, honor the moms in your life. Um, we're excited for Mother's Day. But we're going to be dedicating children and babies yep. to the Lord. So if you're interested and you want your baby or child to be dedicated, we'll do that here on the stage. Um, you can sign up on the Church Center app. Yes, and next steps, don't forget next steps. Um, every week we say that you have an opportunity to serve here. Um, church happens because of everybody who gives. It's not because of the sacrifice of few, but the sacrifice of many that makes church happen. And people come and encounter a loving father and they get to have re relationship with them and just a renewal even. So we need all the hands that we can get. And as you know, people are, this, this these services have been growing and so, Jump on a team. It's a great place to join community and also understand what God created you to do here on this earth, and it's to serve. Yeah. So. If you're looking for a team to join, as I said earlier, um, we had the most kids ever in the history of Project Church, so we really do need some more help in Project Kids. And again, this isn't you babysitting. This is speaking into yeah. the next generation. So if you're like, man, 
I should serve, where should I serve? Kids would be a great place to start. We need your help right now with all the kids we're having. We need more uh, adults leading and speaking into this next generation. So um, if you're interested, you can also sign up on the Church Center app there. So we're gonna jump in here. If you have your Bibles, go to Deuteronomy chapter number six. I'm gonna be reading. Um, this is one of the first you know, five books of the Bible. It's included in the Pentateuch. Uh, penta meaning five. And uh, one of these first, first five books of the Bible, and it is the law where we see that Moses has given the law by God and then he uh, gives this law to the people of Israel, really teaching them and guiding them in how to lead um, their nation and their families and their lives. And so whether you're single in here, dating, engaged, married, this is gonna be for everyone today as we level up in building healthy families because whether um, you have a blood family around you right now or not, we're still a part of the family of God, yeah. and uh, we better understand how to do family through his word, including the family of God that we have here at Project Church. And so, let's read Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 through 8, says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So, Building a Strong Family Part 2, we're gonna talk right now, Chrissy. I know they're ready. About connection and communication. Here we go. Yes, connection is everything. And you guys might recall reading this or it being quoted when it's in Matthew. So this is the greatest command that Jesus quotes this actual scripture in Deuteronomy, and then he couples it with the second command is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So this is all about building the kingdom of God. This is building healthy relationships. So connection is everything. But the problem is that people um, are okay with having no connection, or very surface level connection. Most people's yeah. connections aren't actually heart connections, and they're actually just surface, and it makes me think of when I see a puddle on the ground after it rains. And if a little bit of dirt gets in it, the whole putty, puddle is really gross. It's toxic, it gets totally dirty. But if that same amount of dirt goes into the puddle, or excuse me, not in that puddle, but it goes into a big pool, you know, one of those big ones. My friend just got a big, big, giant pool in her yard. I can't wait till she invites me over. <laughs> anyway, um, but if that dirt gets in that pool, you can't even tell that it's there. Yeah. And so that's what's happening in our relationships, that we are saying surface, and it gets toxic really quickly. Mm -hmm. But then when you have a deep relationship, you have some chemicals, you have some tools in order to eliminate that toxicity really fast. And mm -hmm. so we are in a seasoned church, Project Church, 10 years old, now moving into the next de decade of our, ex of our existence, we have to get deep in our relationships. Yeah. If we wanna grow and sustain growth and be something that this world like gets to see a lasting impression of Jesus, the church is the hands and feet, the feet of Christ, then we're gonna have to get deeper. Yeah. And I wanna challenge you to be getting deeper because here's the thing, um, we start to see our relationship with God as surface as we see all of our relationships with each other. And once our relationship with God gets surface, we are focused more on behavior adjustments. 
But God isn't interested in behavior adjustments and tweak here, tweak there, and come to church this day and then you're good with me. No, he's interested in your heart. And he wants a heart connection with you. He wants to know... He wants to transform your heart so that you do the things that he wants you to do, right? right. So that you aren't doing things that you want to do when you want to do it. Because when we lead our lives that way, I promise you, it's going to get toxic real quick. Mm-hmm. But when we're purified and we're in our relationship with God and we have a heart connection with him, that should compel us to have heart connections with people around us. You know, our connections with our spouses have got to be much deeper than a physical relationship. Yeah. How many people know that the physical relationship doesn't last forever and doesn't sustain enough? It's important, but it can't be the only thing that we're connecting on. Yeah. Our connection with our friends has got to be more than our social similarities. Can't be just because we're the same color or we like to wear the same color. (laughs) We're not the same color. (laughs) But we, it can't just be about our, our similarities. Yeah. We want deeper friendships. I was just with some friends uh, this a couple weekends ago, and they were friends of mine for a couple of years before, while I was at the end of my single life. And it was so interesting uh, meeting with them and haven't, haven't seen them in 10 years. You probably, if anybody follows me on social media, Chrissy D. Cole, Instagram, I posted a reel about it. Um, <laughs> and you can read my <laughs> description there. But it was, it was such a good time together because um, when we were younger, it was like when we were single into our married years, like we would have the standing Thursday breakfast appointment. And every time we would meet, we're quite different. We didn't all go to the school at the same time or anything. We just all went to the same church. But when we would come together and have breakfast, we would just talk about the things of God. And we would truly just talk about how God was speaking to us and God, how he was using us, how he was showing us different things. And so it was really crucial years for me because I was going from single to married. So all of us in that span of growing in deep relationship, we all found our spouses and then we got married and we went to Arkansas, Africa, and Sacramento. (laughs) So we come back together and we were so refreshed It was such a refreshing time together and my friend reminded me, she said, we had dug such deep wells that even time and distance didn't keep it from getting toxic. And what happened is like, I drank from the well and it was so refreshing. And those are the kind of relationships that I believe that God wants to build his kingdom on. Deep, it's not so that you can get deep, get serious and like talk about deep things, you know? It's about getting refreshed and having life come into your life and your relationships and your families. So get deeper in your relationships. This is a major challenge I think to some people. Even I think about our connections with my children. I want my kids to be refreshed by me when I'm talking to them. Not like they're feeling like I'm coming down on them and I'm correcting them. Because sometimes our relationships and our connections with the kids is about what sport they're going to play next. Mm. And what kind of, you know, if they had a good day at school or not. And God wants us to be connecting deeper with them. Mm. If we are going to honor God with our with the people that he's placed in our lives, then we're gonna have deeper connection, deeper communication, and that's gonna honor him. Deeper connection and communication will create stronger families. Yes, that's so good. I think us acknowledging that reality that the deeper our connection communication, the stronger our families will be, and this is something we all should be 
ascribing to that we would build strong families in the family of God, we would build strong families in our blood family, and it starts with connection and communication. And so what we wanna do is share just some practical thoughts today on what connections build strong families. So the first one is connection with God. Chrissy just hit it. It has to start, the foundation is your connection with the God of the universe, your creator. What does it say here in Deuteronomy 6? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength. It starts with a deep connection with God. And I think what we have right now is a lot of surface connection with God. And so our, the extent of our relationship with God is we come to church on Sundays. Now, that's a great start. You're doing better than uh, the majority of people out there, even the majority of Christians, if you're coming um, even a few times a month. But can I tell you, that is like the surface. God wants deeper, intimate connection with you. And that comes from quiet, private time with him, whether it be worship in your car, um, in the word of God, which I'm gonna get there in a a moment, talking with him, praying, um, discussing what's going on in your life with the God of the universe. He wants a connection with you. And here's what I see. I see husbands and some wives who have this mindset that it's okay to just be the breadwinner. Like at least I'm making money and I'm providing, but that is not enough. That is not what leadership looks like. You cannot lead your family fully if you're simply providing for them. You're leading them fully when you are connected to the God of the universe. And then that deep connection overflows into how you lead your family well. That is what builds strong families. And as followers of Christ, connection always has to start with God first. And I see it, in fact, I had some single people ask me recently, like, well, can I missionary date? So this is for the single people out there. And if you know what missionary dating is, it's where you date people who aren't followers of Jesus, right? I'm a Christian, but it's cool if I date someone who isn't a Christian. Now listen, I have seen this work out in rare instances, where that person ended up coming to know Jesus. It has happened. So I'm not saying it's, it's always the case. But what I've seen more of the time is that that person actually pulled the follower of Jesus further away from Jesus. That's what I've seen more of the time. And so this is my caution to you as single people. Um, you want to date someone and receive love from someone that doesn't even know the God who is love. So how could they understand love properly if they don't even know the God who is love the way you know the God who is love? Their perspective on love will always be tainted and distorted by the views of this world and by this culture. Now, we're tainted too because we let this culture get us sometimes. Mm -hmm. But when we are rooted in God and connected to God, we are connected to a God who is love, and then his love, be- love begins to change us and overflow through us, and then it carries over into our relationships. So this is a little tip for single people out there, um, but also for all of us that we would maintain and we'd be connected to the God of the universe. It starts there. You cannot have a strong, healthy family if you and God are not tight. Like, I want me and God to be tight. I'm not saying that, that my relationship with God is perfect or that it can't grow, but that I'm daily longing to go deeper in my connection with him. The second part, and I already hit it, but what connections build strong families? It's connection with God's word. 
This is what Deuteronomy 6 tells us. First, you gotta love God, right? All your heart, soul, mind. Then it says these commandments, put them on your hearts. Talk about them when you get up in the morning, when you lay down at night. It's saying that the word of God should be something that is deep in our hearts that we discuss regularly in our home and with people in our lives. When you are connected with the word of God, it changes your view of God, but it also changes your view of this world. And so I would tell you right now, I wanna have a strong, healthy family. It's all, and, and I believe my family has gotten stronger and healthier through the years, and it's because of our connection to God's word. Yeah. I started reading God's word when I was in sixth grade, every single day. Every day, starting in sixth grade, I would read a proverb a day. And if you don't know about Proverbs, there's 31 chapters. They're easy chapters to read. It's all about wisdom, practical knowledge. And I would read a proverb a day. And then as I got older, I began to read more. And so some of you are like most men in the world. They say the majority of men will not finish a book after they graduate from high school. Some of you are like, yep, that's me. <laughs> I know that maybe for men, maybe even some women in this room, it's hard to read and reading the word is difficult. I wanna challenge you that you would make a commitment to God's word, to ingesting God's word daily, even mm -hmm. if it's a few verses, start somewhere, a proverb a day, one chapter from the New Testament. I know that sometimes it's hard for people to read. I'll even put it on in the car while I'm driving. I'm gonna just listen to the Bible because mm -hmm. I want that to be imparted into my spirit. And this deep connection with God's word begins to overflow in how I talk to my kids, how I talk to my wife, how I connect with other people. And, and that's what builds strong families. So let's connect with God and his word. You know, and I, I mentioned this first service and I, I thought I'd share this with you, but you know that people who love God's word love God. And when they love God, they're changed by God. So... When I was single and I met him and we hung out for the first time in not just passing by, but talking to one another, you know, I was like impressed because there was this thing, we went to school in the Midwest and there was this thing about our perception of people from California. I don't know what it was, but we're like, oh, and he's an athlete, he's probably this bad guy, you know, probably parties, and even though he goes to Bible school, and you know, I, I just wasn't sure what to think of him, but then, we talked and I go, this guy's a square, you know? <laughs> he's like, he's a good guy. And I'm saying this in a positive way. You know, single people, don't fool yourselves. You know when, this, when the men and women that you are seeing, you know when they are changed by God. You know when they are men or women of the word. I knew by talking to him that there was wisdom seeping from the words that came out of his mouth. I knew he was a man of the word. And you're not gonna be able to recognize it unless you're in the word yourself, okay? So what you're saying is connection with God and his word actually increases your game as single men. Yes. So <laughs> just another what? practical reason to do connection Canaan. with God and his word, yeah. Yeah, I was... And, or hit your riz, as uh, my son taught me this word this week. He said, Dad, how was your riz in high school? I said, what's riz? He said, like, your game pulling girls. <laughs> so your riz. I'll, I'll never say that word again in church. Yeah, I, I learned it for the first time this week. I, I feel like half of this congregation learned that, too. So riz. We're 40 now. We're heck irrelevant. <laughs> Now we're learning oh. words from our 11-year-old son, oh, you know? Oh, man. 
<laughs> so, okay, so connection to God, connection to God's word, and connection with the next generation. You see what we did there? We told you about Canaan, Riz, connect to the next generation, <laughs> just kidding, kind of. But here's what it says, verse seven. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Impress them upon your children. When I think about an impression, I think about um, the wax that's put on a letter to seal, and it's sealed with an insignia so that you know where that letter mm. came from back in the day. Yeah. And so an insignia um, gives you a perfect imprint of the ring on the wax. And in fact, this uh, metaphor is used to explain God and Jesus and the relationship with them. They are one and the same. So mm. God is saying, at the degree that, especially at the degree that you're loving God, you want to impress this on your children, that you want them to be an impression of God's love. Yeah. The way we put God's word on them will help them to be imitators of God. We talked about it last week in Ephesians. It says, be therefore imitators of God. For as God, um, beloved children, sons and daughters, be like Christ. Be like God. And so we've got to impress the word upon them if they're going to be raised in the ways of the Lord. We say here at Project Church that generations are our goal. And can I tell you that you have an impact on this generation, not just their parents. There's a responsibility, yeah. I believe. And in fact, when we do baby, baby and child dedications next week, we're going we're gonna to charge the congregation to love on them and be a good example and model for these kids that they're growing up around. Yeah. Y'all be, better not be cussing and cursing in front of my kids. It is the most irritating thing when people do that in life. But I want them to be part of a community where the word is impressed upon them. Pass it on to your children. And can I say this? If you're not having your own children, then serve upstairs in the kids' department. And you will see that it's not like babysitting, just like Caleb said. It's not childcare. It is you carrying out the purpose that God has for us to impress the word of God on the children mm. so that they can raise up a next generation. The next generation will be changed by kids who are impacted by the word of God. Yeah. Build strong families, connect with the next generation, and finally, connect with the right people. Connect with the right people. When I think about this, I think about just the Genesis and how when two come together, no man can take them apart, but we're supposed to to leave and cleave. I feel like this is just a moment where we can warn some spouses, if y'all are talking to your parents more than you're talking to your spouse, mm. you have not yet cleaved. Yeah. I really believe that when we're in our own families that we have to cling to one another, husband and wife, and then so we can we can really give our kids exactly what they were supposed to get from us. Yes, grandparents, they impact. Yes, aunts and uncles. But just be careful. Who are you connecting with? Who are the friends that you are connecting with? Who are you sharing your thoughts with? There's some people I think that we are either missionary dating, trying to get them to the level that we're at, trying to get them to the depth that they should be at. And God hasn't called you to them. And so those relationships, if you are not called to them, will quickly become toxic. As, as much as you try to deepen your connection with people that God didn't ask you to deepen your connection with, it's gonna turn toxic really quickly because God will, he loves you so much that he's gonna keep you from going further in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And so connect with the right people. Connect 
you know, your kids and your relationship, the relationship with your kids, the relationship with your spouse, a lot of it can be impacted by the people that you're connected with. So show me your friends and I'll show you the future of some of your relationships. Yeah. So we gave you four uh, connections that build strong families, but I want to give you four communications that build strong connections. Because what I've seen, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, and um, Chrissy and I have had a year, really the last year and a half, two years, of us learning to connect on a deeper level. And what I realized is uh, I had stiff-armed people my whole life, even my wife. And some of it was a defense mechanism because of pain I'd experienced. Um, some of it was just self-protection. And many of you can relate to this, to where I would not allow myself or allow people to connect in a deeper way with me just out of protecting myself. And yet God made you and made me, yeah. made us for connection, for deep connections. And so what I realized and what this last couple of years have re has revealed to me is just how much communication is what builds the connections that I need. And I'm a guy who, um, who will just stuff. Some of you can maybe relate to this. It's like, I'm frustrated, stuff it. I'm feeling something, stuff it. Haven't cried in years, because anytime I feel an emotion, stuff it. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm angry, stuff it. And so I would just constantly push down every emotion, every feeling, and what happened is it stopped me from communicating even things that I wanted or needed from my spouse, and as a result, it disconnected us. And I thought it was like a good thing, like, oh, I just gotta bear the weight. It's just, as a man, that's just how I'm supposed to be. And not all men are like me, I acknowledge that. Um, some women are more like that because of pain you've experienced or something you walked through or it was learned at a young age. But we need to connect, and we connect through communication. So the first way to communicate is intentionally. Everybody say intentional. intentional. It needs to be intentional. Um, with, with your partner, you need to pursue this person. Pursue the partner that God has given you. When was the last time you went on a date? That's a good question for you. When was the last time that you intentionally scheduled time to talk to your partner. What I've seen is some couples go on dates, like they're scheduling dates, but they're still distracted. And so, yeah, we're going on a date, but there's still very little connection. Or you're like me, and you feel things, but you don't want to share them because of what could come of it. Maybe because you're lazy, and you know if you open the door, the floodgates are going to open, and then you're going to really have to talk about it but it's the intentionality. I mean, think about this. Jesus pursues us, and yet how often do we not pursue the people closest to us? He left the 99 to go after the one, and some of us won't leave our phones to talk to the one person that God gave us to spend our life with. And so my challenge to us is that we would be intentional in connection, intentional in communication. And it's something that I'm working on and I've gotten better at and, and I'm still not great at it, but, but I'm working on it. And she's like, no, you're not. But, no, I said. but it was crazy. This year, actually, um, I, I it was one of the first times probably in our marriage where I really sat my wife down and I said, hey, I want you to know, like, I've been feeling resentment towards you. 
and I've been feeling resentment towards you because of this. And just told her about something she was doing. And I, I gotta be honest with you, I was terrified. Because I'm like, if I share this, and it's why I've never shared this, I know this is gonna turn into something bad. It's gonna be a fight. This is like, is it really worth it, Caleb? But I realized the connection um, and the communication was worth it. Mm -hmm. And so I shared it and something shocking happened. She just listened to me and said, I'm so sorry that I made you feel that way. And I was like, really? I could have been doing this all these years? <laughs> but you know, I was afraid of that Filipino anger she has in her. And, and it's crazy though that this year has probably been the closest we felt to each other, yeah. the most connected we felt. And it's because I finally decided to start communicating with my wife, communicating my feelings, communicating my hurts, communicating my frustration, mm -hmm. and, and try to not do it in an attacking way. Yeah. And this is a good lesson for all of us, though, is that she, she took it, she received it. And so the second part of this, go ahead. Before you go there, I sometimes he, you've probably heard him say this, like, I'm getting better at it. But I mean, he, can I just say, he had a reason to be scared, you guys. Okay, so I think my, while it might have taken him 14 years to figure out to share this, like, it probably took me 14 years to calm the stink down because I, it, I would get triggered, you know, if um, somebody corrected me, whatever, you know? <laughs> But I think this doesn't, if you have a spouse that does not share their emotions, it could be that they're not feeling safe around you. Yeah. You need to be a safe person where that person can land so that they will be more open. I do think that there was a lot of work that I was doing and I was honestly begging him to tell me what he was thinking revolving a certain situation that he was feeling resentful about. And because he knew, I think that probably helped too, because he knew that I wanted, I was desperate to connect with him, yeah. and I was desperate to hear from him, but we all have to work on this. This is good for the people who aren't quick to share. Yeah, we need to create a space that is safe, yeah. but then also we need to be courageous yeah. enough to share. Because to be honest, we're not leading as men if we're afraid of how our spouse will respond to us being honest about how we feel. Yeah. And so it, it was a lack of leadership on my part and, and I appreciate you owning some part of it, um, but I need to own my part, which was laziness and, and my own lack of leadership and fear was holding me back from being the man that God wanted me to be. And so the second thing, that can, or second communication that can build a strong connection is just attentiveness, to be attentive. Um, as I said, we're distracted, we're not attentive in today's culture. We have more pulling at us, pulling us away, distracting us than ever before. And so may we be attentive to God, may we, or not to God, to each other. May we listen, we need to be attentive to God too when he speaks. We need to listen. A proverb tells us that even a fool is thought wise when he holds his tongue. Man, may I ask more questions of my spouse. May I be more, um, more, more engaging with her, attentive to her. And when I listen, may I truly listen to understand and not listen to respond. Because too many of us in relationships, we're defensive or we deflect 
and we listen to respond, to defend ourselves, rather than listen to understand. And, and I want to encourage many of you couples that maybe are struggling right now in your connection and communication. Um, we just took 26 couples through connection codes. It's a course we offer here at Project Church. It ended a few weeks back, um, but it's about to launch again on Tuesday nights, um, end of this month. And it was amazing. It's a video series. You watch and then you connect with your spouse. And it really created an amazing opportunity for us mm -hmm. to learn to stop being defensive when someone shares a hurt or a pain right. or a frustration and to simply acknowledge their pain, acknowledge what they're feeling. Because whether I think their feelings are, are valid or not, because I may never feel that way. Mm -hmm. Like Chrissy feels things much deeper and different than I feel things. And yet, whether um, I would feel that way or not, I must acknowledge those feelings. Even if I am like, I don't get it, that's okay. But I'm still acknowledging and saying, wow, I could see how that would make you mm -hmm. feel that way. Or I'm sorry that I made you feel that way. Yeah. Acknowledging, being attentive, listening takes the goal of winning off the table. And many of us in relationships, we're just trying to win in your friendships right? In, in, your, in your marriages, in your dating relationships, you're just trying to win. But when you shift to attentiveness mm -hmm. and listening, the goal becomes understanding. Yes. Not winning, mm -hmm. but understanding. And that's what we need to have the healthy connections that God has for us. Very good. Our connections weren't meant to be competitions. And that's what's happened in relationships. And I think friendships, it happens a lot in friendships. And it's so funny how even with our kids, we're like competing for the last word, competing for what I believe to come out first. And this happens in all forms of relationships. But let's move on to the third um, communication that builds a strong connection, and it's identity building. Identity. Identity is something that we all have to understand. Identity is really saying that something matters, okay? So yeah. if you think about um, the communication tools that I gave you guys last week, there's three different types of communications. It's aggressive, it's passive, or it is uh, passive-aggressive. So really, these are just competition, these, these are just different ways of saying somebody matters. So if you communicate with an aggressive communication style, you're saying, I matter, you don't, okay? And then if it's passive communication style that you're using, you're saying that you matter, I don't, and you're letting this person who matters walk all over you, okay, and with your passive communication. Or there is passive aggressive communication that says you matter, actually no, I matter, and there's this confusion of who matters and manipulative behavior comes from passive aggressive behavior and communication styles. I think somebody need to hear that. Manipulation comes from passive aggressive communication styles. Don't be passive aggressive, okay? I'm going to say that. But do you see how there's just this fight for identity in your communication styles? Yeah. Identity is saying that something matters and you have to all remember that every single one of you, Psalms 139 tells us that you are created on purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose. Every single person matters. So we have to figure out a communication styles that a communication style that says that we all matter. What happens is that communication is given to somebody and then we get defensive because we're trying to protect our identity. But we have to understand that not all communication is attack, is an attack. Yeah. You know, something I wanted to mention, um, 
there was a moment where you're just like, I just don't think I can handle everything you have to say. <laughs> like, you have a lot it's to say. True. You have a lot to process. And here's what's happening in everybody's brains. Everybody processes at a different rate. So if somebody processes slower than me, then my fast processing um, about a situation that I'm passionate about, you tend to process things that you're passionate about quicker. When I start you know, processing with you, it feels like an attack, but it's just different speeds of processing, okay? The challenge is you're passionate about a lot of things. It's true. So <laughs> with, with him, what happens is like his defensiveness takes up a lot of energy in his mind. He's protecting himself and he's saying, wait, I, 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 do I matter in this? Like, um, is she considering my feelings? And so you start getting defensive and I'm like, I actually think that the capacity you have to be a good listener is taken up by you trying to defend yourself. Yeah. And I think that there's some people in this place that we are so defensive, we're using so much energy not listening and more protecting ourselves. There's a lot of self-protection in, um, yeah. in, in relationships and we have to understand that you matter. You matter, yes. you don't have to defend yourself. You know, you can't, you may have to get to a point where you exit a conversation because the person is aggressive, right? Mm. Um, but you have to be cognizant of the different paces of processing. But what I want to say is it's, we can be so quick to destroy somebody's identity by the way we communicate. When you become despondent, defensive, or you deny somebody's um, thoughts or emotions, it's like taking a hammer to their identity. Yeah. So we gotta get to a place where we are building each other up, where yep. we are building our children up, where we are building the people that we are serving alongside on a Sunday morning. Like I, next time somebody's rude to you while you're serving alongside of them, you need to say, are you building my identity? Are you building <laughs> my identity or are you destroying? Like we have to get to a point that this is an attack. There is an all out attack on identity on so many different levels. So we have to get to a place where we are building, we're identity building. Everyone matters. Find a communication style that, um, that says that both of you matter. But finally, um, the communication that really builds strong connection is emotion focus. I've said this in so many different ways during this season, during this series. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the other messages, I implore you, please listen to these other um, messages because they talk about this. But we have to be emotion focused. God created you with emotions. I think what is running rampant is emotional unintelligence. Yeah. And I really think that there was a degree that was taken from us during COVID and when we were disconnected from people physically. I'm not saying that, I mean, Zoom hasn't been a huge blessing or FaceTime wasn't a great blessing, but because of that little piece of physical removal, there was some issues and I think we got all wonky emotionally. And there's a lot of emotional unintelligence. And when we aren't keying in and growing in our emotional excuse me, intelligence, which is really just acknowledging that you have feelings, acknowledging true feelings, then we're, we're not gonna grow in our connections. There's something that Caleb and I do, and the connection coders out there did this, but um, sometimes we have to share, our, we recognize that we have to share our emotions with one another before emotions are heightened, okay? So you have to get into the regular practice of sharing your emotions and not waiting for something to be, you know, hitting the fan, if you know what I'm saying, okay? So what we do is we have this, no, no one got that, it's fine. Um, they got it. They got it, or it wasn't funny, it's fine. If that's your feeling, just tell service, me. In the first service, 
<laughs> the first there was Chrissy said hitting the ceiling. Because she's the queen of butchering idioms. It's so true. <laughs> the stuff really hit the ceiling. The 830 service. <laughs> it's okay. All right. We're being honest here. But emotion-focused communication is just acknowledging that you have feelings. And what we do is that there are eight core emotions. Just everybody think of that Pixar movie. What is it? Inside Out? There are eight core emotions, okay? And what we do is we take no more than nine minutes, okay? We time each other, okay? And so that can be a competition, like for us. <laughs> but we go through every single emotion. When was the last time you were happy? When was the last time that you were sad? When was the last time you felt joy? When was the last time you felt sadness? When was the last time you were angry? When was the last time you were hurt? When was the last time you felt shame? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're like, wow, gosh, that may not have been for a while, but the fact that you're sharing with your spouse something when emotions aren't heightened, it is connecting you deeper than you think. Yeah. And so I just wanna give you that quick little nugget um, start sharing your emotions. Don't wait till stuff hits the ceiling or fan. <laughs> and so, you'll be healthier for it. It's good. Yeah. So we want to close with a little illustration for you, if that's okay. Let's slide this right over here. Chrissy's going to help me here in a second. But these are the levels of intimacy and connection. So these are the, really the four main levels of intimacy and connection that we have in our world. We have spiritual, intellectual, social, and physical. And so if you think about it, the physical is the smallest because the boundaries are the tightest. Um, there's only so much connection you can have physically. There's only so much that this can sustain. In fact, Chrissy and I can attest to it. Um, we had a what was it, two years ago, we had probably the hardest year of our marriage, but thankfully we had this. <laughs> and this kept us connected. But guess what? That only lasted so long, and then it was like, she needed more. Because you can only last so long. <laughs> but it's the smallest, because there's the most boundaries. And so, this is one level of intimacy or connection. Then there's the social, right? So this is yeah. what, activities, events? Similarities and likes, and even um, economic um, abilities. Like yeah, going on trips. Yes. Traveling together. The hobbies that you guys do together. I mean, me and Chrissy like to golf together. So there's the social intimacy connection that, that many people have. But again, this is maybe a little larger because there's more you can do with more people, mm -hmm. uh, but it's still limited. Then we have the intellectual intimacy. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, your IQ. And uh, I've heard of people who are, are, are really just, uh, they get going by someone who thinks deep and has deep conversations and philosophizes and, is that a word? Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and thinks about deep, deep things, even po politics maybe yeah. could be thrown in here. How you see the world and how you um, approach what's best for culture. And, and so there's the intellectual yeah. connection. And I mean, we can connect with a lot of people intellectually, but again, it's, it's the, a smaller box. It's limited. And then the final one is the spiritual. Yeah. This is the biggest box because this should be at the core. This yes. should be the foundation. This mm -hmm. should be at the very bottom. 
because this is what keeps us together through the ups and the downs and and there's this deeper uh, meaning to life that we're connected within but what do we do in life in this culture we do it backwards and so we go oh dang she's fine she got it going on we had a crazy night together and we go she must be the one because I mean I was feeling it and that becomes the the bottom uh, foundation of our life and then uh, of our connection of our intimacy and then we go to the the social I mean we have a lot in common and we can have a lot of fun together you're gonna have to help me and and we have hobbies and we go out on activities and we travel together and we go to all these cool places and then we add the intellectual because I mean man she really stimulates me in my thinking and um, we can talk about politics and all these things of the world and then what we do is we just try to throw the spiritual on top like let's throw some God in this relationship usually when the kids get a little older and we realize like Oh man, we haven't talked to them about God or church or religion or anything. Like, let's just throw something spiritual on top. Or maybe our relationship starts going through some hard times and we're fighting, we're not getting along. And and maybe we need to go to church and that'll fix it. And so we throw it on top. But but guess what? In life, if this is the levels of your intimacy in this order, when things get a little hard, what's going to happen? It's going to tumble and fall yeah. it just will and so we have to get back to prioritizing things the right way yeah. that we root our lives and our relationships like we said at the very beginning what was the first thing we said connection you have to connect with God yeah. you have to connect with his word this has to be the foundation because guess what one day We're going to be old and gray, Chrissy. (laughs) And you ain't going to have it going on. And this might not even work anymore. (laughs) And that's got to go. Or maybe we can't travel. You know, my hip's gone. We can't can't play golf together anymore. The activities and the fun things that we had together, I mean, that's gone too. And then even the intellect gets to the point where it's like, Man, my mind isn't working like it used to. I'm a little slower. I don't process as well. Maybe Alzheimer's hits and that's gone. Yeah. And yet there's something that is rooted in our relationship that no matter what, when all the other things go, when all the other things are gone, we can Mm -hmm. still say on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. So this is the order, church. This is... The levels of intimacy, let's keep it in the right balance. This is God's best for us. And this is how we should align our relationships, our friendships, our marriage, everything that God has given to us. So Christy and I want to pray over you right now. Would you bow your heads across this place? You're here and you'd say to us, you say, Caleb, Chrissy, to be honest, I don't even have that relationship with God, that connection with God that you talked about at the beginning. I don't have that. Maybe you've been running from God. Maybe you turned your back on God. Maybe you've never been in right relationship with the God of the universe. Well, I want to tell you right now, he loves you. He created you and he pursued you to this moment right here. 
and he wanted you to respond to him. So if that's you and you don't know Jesus, but today you want to give your life to him for the first time, you want to recommit yourself anew and afresh, would you lift your hand right now? Nobody's looking around it's between you and God. Yeah, shoot it up. Yes, 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 yes. I see those hands. Yes, yes. You can put them down. Second thing I want to ask you today, you're in this place, you say, Caleb, honestly, I know my relationships have not been in the proper order. The levels of intimacy and connection, I haven't had God at the foundation, Christ at the foundation. I haven't started with connection with him, but I need to reorientate some of the levels of intimacy of my life, and I want to put God back at the foundation of my relationships. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up real quick? That's you. You know you need to get things back in the right order. Yeah, hands going up all around the room. You can put them down. Would you pray this with me today in this place, church? Just say this with me. Say, Jesus, today I acknowledge my failure, my sin, and I ask you to help me to put you as my foundation. You are Christ, the solid rock, and I will place my feet on you for all other ground is truly sinking sand. So today, Jesus, I'm going to get my life, my intimacy, my relationships in the right order. I love you, and I pray all this in your name. Amen, amen. Would you stand your... Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church Podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.